Good morning, faithful listeners. You have tuned in to the P40 Ministries podcast, the one place where you can get a daily explanatory Bible reading to start your day strong. This is your host, Jen, bringing you a brand new episode out of Matthew. Hey, happy Thursday, friends and faithful listeners. Thank you so much for tuning into the P40 Ministries podcast this morning. As always, this is your host, Jen, and I have another guest on the podcast this morning, and this is the first time in P40 Ministries history that I've ever had two guests on the podcast two days in a row. But this is actually my sister, and since she's in town, I really wanted to have her on the podcast, but she's uh, a little bit shy, and... (laughs) You can tell she's a little bit nervous. So, Jamie, go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody. Hi, I'm Jamie, like Jen said, and I'm actually Jen's favorite sister, but (laughs) that's probably because I'm her only sister, but I'd be your favorite anyway, right? So Mm, I don't know about that. Well, (laughs) anyway, um, we're just in town visiting for Jen's birthday, and we had a really good time eating some Mexican food and just spending time together. Yeah, some of my favorite food is actually Mexican food. Is that true for you too, too, Jamie? Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah we, we both really enjoy Mexican food. In fact, Jamie and I are pretty much best friends, and which is kind of funny because I feel like sisters typically aren't. And uh, we have a lot of stuff in common, which is really, really funny. We do a lot of the same hobbies and activities, and we both sing. So we've sung together quite a few times um, at various churches and my own church a couple times, I think. And uh, yeah, so we are typically pretty much best friends. (laughs) (laughs) I like that modifier there. Yeah. (laughs) So um, we're going to read for you this morning, Matthew chapter 17, verses 14 through 23. And as always, I will be reading out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible, but actually Jamie's going to read it for you guys. So make sure to grab that cup of coffee or that cup of tea. And let's go ahead and start reading this morning. When they came to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is epileptic and suffers grievously, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples but they could not cure him. Jesus answered, Faithless and perverse generation, how long will I be with you? How long will I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it went out of him, and the boy was cured from that hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why weren't we able to cast it out? He said to them, Because of your unbelief. For most certainly I tell you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will tell this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. But this kind doesn't go out except by prayer and fasting. While they were staying in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be delivered up into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and the third day he will be raised up. They were exceedingly sorry. So you can definitely tell that my sister is a mom and also a teacher because of the way she read that uh, portion of scripture just now. It was very... um, It's story time. Yes, it's story time. (laughs) 
But um, James, tell me a little bit about uh, what you think of this passage of scripture, specifically with the epileptic man. What do you think about that? Well, this boy actually had a demonic problem. This wasn't necessarily just your average epileptic seizures. It was something that was so troubling because he had a demon in him. It would cast him into the fire and he would have no control. And I can't even imagine as a parent how this must have felt trying to protect your son when he cannot keep control of his own body. In other versions, it clarifies it as moonstruck, which is just completely out of control. Yes. Yeah, like Jamie said, actually, uh, the Greek word is translated as moonstruck for this young boy. And that might have looked like maybe epileptic seizures or some symptoms of epilepsy, but it was very, very troubling for this entire family to see their son going through this because it was often not only throwing him into the fire, but even into the water. So this demon was so strong that it was trying to kill this young boy. And as Jamie said, I, I am not a parent, but I can't imagine having to watch your child go through something like that. So this, this man is very distraught. And he kneels down before Jesus. You remember Tuesday's episode, Jesus and his three disciples were up on that mountain and Jesus had gone through this transfiguration right before them. This is when Jesus is coming down out of that mountain with his three disciples. This story is right after the transfiguration. This man is so distraught kneeling down before Jesus because the disciples that were at the bottom of the mountain could not cure or drive out this demon from this young boy. And apparently they have been used to miracles like this. They've seen Jesus heal all sorts of diseases, cast out all sorts of demons, and they have even been able to do this in the past too. But they are stumped now because they can't do this. They they. They can't fathom why they can't do it. Yeah. The disciples are honestly kind of freaking out because they they can't cure this young boy. So Jesus is sort of irritated at his disciples, it looks like, in verse 17. And he says, faithless and perverse generation, how long will I be with you? How long will I bear with you? And then he's like, bring him over here to me. (laughs) And honestly, I, you know, you see the love. He's telling the truth. They are being faithless, and he's telling them that, and still he is teaching them and showing them even in their faithlessness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just what Jesus does to us. I mean, How many times have we come out of such a mountaintop or something that we see? God has done this in our lives. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a minute later, and we have forgotten everything, and we're faithless and scared. <laughs> I don't know. I'm saying we, but I really mean me because I— I know that's me. (laughs) That's me too. That's happened quite a few times in my life. Uh, Just you forget the things that God does for you sometimes. And I don't know if you guys are listening to some of the um, episodes I'm doing out of Genesis, but we just talked recently about Jacob seeing an army of angels right before he goes to meet his brother Esau, seeing those angels and noting them. And naming that place, I can't remember what it was that he named that uh, particular place, but he named it something like God's army, that place that he saw those angels in. But then when he's going to meet his brother Esau, he completely forgets about those angels that are surrounding him. 
and just has a panic attack because of his brother Esau. So it's a very human thing to do, to forget the things that Jesus does for us when the next problem arises. And that's why we have to have an active faith, which is what Jesus talks about next. He talks about an active faith with his disciples. And it says in verse 20, that Jesus tells his disciples that they couldn't cast out the demon because of their unbelief. And he continues to tell them that they need faith as a grain of mustard seed. And before we started this podcast, Jamie and I were talking about this a little bit and discussing what we were going to talk about. You actually had an interesting revelation about the mustard seed. So explain what you were talking about with that. Well, it was more of a question of, is it faith like a mustard seed, a faith as small as a mustard seed? Because I used to have the the idea that, oh, the seed is so small. And if I just have this itty bitty faith, then I can do these things or great things will be accomplished. But it's like a mustard seed. Um, there's a lot of small seeds, but this mustard seed is capable of making a humongous tree. And it's really an amazing ecosystem. So this faith is just capable of producing so much because our faith is in the Holy Spirit, in God who created the earth, who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. This is an amazing faith because of who we are placing it in. So it's not necessarily just the smallest, but it is just capable because we know who we're believing in, who God is. And as we know more about him, and as we look at the past and what he's done in the past through scripture stories, through our own lives, through the lives of um, people that we love, we see that God is faithful and we see that we can have complete and utter confidence with him. But I do want to make a side note here that I've seen just so many people wrapped up in this that they believe that anything that they think or wish or can imagine will happen because they have this faith and they start doubting if nothing happens. But we have to remember that when we are asking for things to happen, we ask in the will of our Father. So that's very important to remember. And I just wanted to make a side note about that. Yeah, actually, let me switch over to the AMP real quick. And we'll read what the AMP has to say about the faith the size of a mustard seed, because it actually does say, it makes a little uh, note in there about being God's will. It says in verse 20, in the AMP, it says, he answered, because of your little faith or your lack of trust and confidence in the power of God, for I assure you and most solemnly say to you, if you have living faith, the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. And if it is God's will, it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. So this needs to be an active or living faith, like the AMP says, but not just a tiny little bit amount of faith is what I think a lot of people translate that as, but more of an active faith that grows into something bigger when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, and especially if you are living in God's will and want not just stuff for your own gain, I suppose, kind of like what James talks about. There is a verse in James that kind of discusses why we don't get the things that we think we should get, and it's often because we're doing it out of selfish ambition, but not necessarily the will of God. So this all needs to be 
within God's will as well. Exactly. And I think that that's really important to remember as we think about this verse. Just remember how encouraging this verse is for spiritual growth. Because if you think of something that's impossible, sometimes we think of that mountain. But in our minds, there are so many mountains that we need to move, such as forgiveness. And sometimes I think of that as that's impossible. You don't you don't understand what happened to me or that other person. But with God, that forgiveness is possible. Um, I think that we can think of it in that way too. And we can encourage each other that God produces godliness. And even if we think that this is impossible, growth is possible. Moving that mountain is possible. That's an excellent point. And um, right after this, to conclude, it says once again in verse 22 and 23, that afterwards they were gathering together in Galilee and Jesus starts talking to them again about his death and resurrection. It's kind of interesting now since Matthew, I believe maybe Matthew 15 now, since the disciples finally understand that Jesus is the Messiah because they actually admitted it finally, he starts talking to them about the death and resurrection. And this is the third or fourth time now in just these two short chapters that Jesus has mentioned his death and resurrection. So now he's really driving this point home. Now that the disciples understand who Jesus is, Jesus really wants to explain to them why he's coming and what his purpose is for coming. But the disciples really, really don't understand what this purpose is and what Jesus is trying to accomplish. And it says at the end, after Jesus is telling them these things, they were deeply grieved and distressed. So they still don't understand Jesus's purpose here. Yeah, that's exactly right. They didn't understand. They still had faithlessness. And they didn't understand what God's will was, that Jesus was going to die because he was going to save the entire world. But they would still try to ask for Jesus to maybe give them their earthly wants and needs instead of what they really needed spiritually. Which is why they were so upset at the end. They didn't have that active faith that Jesus was just talking about with them. And like I said, that's human nature. Though it isn't good, we all have a tendency to do that. So we can't really look at the disciples and be like, oh, they're so bad because we do the exact same things. No, <laughs> actually, I like to see when Bible characters are making these mistakes because you know, sometimes you see David and Goliath mm -hmm. and it's like, whoa, he killed the giant. There's these amazing things happening. But when there's these real life human moments, it just brings it down to how much God understands what we need to know and that he understands exactly what we're going through and what we need to learn. So, Jane, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. You might have noticed I call my sister Jane, but her name is Jamie. <laughs> It's just a habit. I've always called her Jame. But um, thanks so much for coming on, Jame. I, I appreciate it. And uh, thanks I, for having me. It was fun. Oh, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> it seemed like you got a lot less shy. Maybe going a into, little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always like that. But um, friends and faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. And uh, I've got nothing else to say except happy listening and God bless. God bless.